This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Greetings, everyone. Bill Nye here. I'm your guest host this week on Star Talk, and I'm joined with your friend and mine. Our beloved Chuck Nice. Hey, look at that. Applause and everything. Thank yeah, you, yeah. Bill. So, Thank d- you. Chuck, it's good to see you. Always this, good to see this you. This week on Star Talk, we're just talking. Yes, we are. About stars. Exactly. And you're going to start with a question from our beloved audience? Yes, we are. We're going to do a Cosmic Queries where we have gathered questions from all over the interwebs. and all over uh, the cosmos. Over the cosmos. That's why they're... Right. They're queries of cosmic nature. There you go. Our first one is actually from Alpha Centauri. Uh, no, I'm just Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Uh, before we get going, though, let me just say, one, you're wearing a very fetching sweater. It's uh, quite fashionable. And two, uh, I really dig the Planetary Society pin that you are sporting. And I would like to know where I can get one because, well, first of all, I will have to join the Planetary Society, so maybe you can tell me how I can do that. Oh, yes. Well, you should check out planetary.org. Planetary.org. the world's largest non-governmental space interest organization advancing space science and exploration so that people everywhere know the cosmos and our place within it. <gasps> Elevator door closing. So, <laughs> I took one class from Carl Sagan back in the disco era. Okay. I joined the Planetary Society when it started in 1980. And now I'm the CEO of the Planetary Society, and Chuck, we advance space science, we advance exploration in three ways. <clears throat> we make things. Okay. We create. We've made a spacecraft. I know that. Or sail spacecraft. And it's a, it's a light sail, right? Light sail, and we are on the second Falcon Heavy rocket. 
now the Falcon One had how many engines, Chuck? One. Falcon Nine had how many engines? I'm going to say two. <laughs> how about nine? Yes. The Falcon Heavy is, in a sense, three Falcon 9s strapped together. 27 oh first-stage engines, yeah. Wow. And so this spacecraft is built by people like you, who just thought it would be cool. Uh, and so we are going to prove that we can uh, orbit the Earth with a solar sail. Right. Orbit the, this will be the Earth. Right. So uh, we come, you're the sun out there. We come karate chop towards you this way. Twist in space, get a push. Our orbital energy takes us out here. Mm-hmm. We go like this, whoa, and increase our orbital energy, and, uh, and we're excited. So may I ask you, when the solar winds come rolling in? Solar wind is barely a hundredth of the effect of the photons. Okay. So is that what that is? It's the sun. It's the sun itself. Crazy. Right. And you can do it either from classical physics with pointing vectors, or you can do it with relativity. Okay. E equals mc squared. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what? Do you know how we express momentum in physics? No. It's mass times velocity. Okay. So now let us divide both sides of E equals mc squared by c. The constant, and so you get E over c, c. equals mc. Right. Mc is an expression for momentum. Gotcha. So the so it's about nine micronewtons per square meter. Wow! But because you're doing that in the vacuum. Vacuum and it's day and, and night. It's day and night. It Wait, go ahead. We're in space. There's no night. Ah, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and so then at the planetary side, we educate. We have, I believe, the world's foremost long form journalists on the web. Uh-huh. And then we advocate. People like me go to Washington, D.C., and get congressmen, senators on board with planetary exploration. Two things I want in my lifetime. With respect to planetary exploration, Chuck. Okay. I want to look for signs of life on another world. Very cool. Or yet I want to find signs of life, like fossil bacteria on Mars, or stranger still, something still alive. Something alive. Living bacteria. Yes. Twice as much ocean water as the Earth. Are there Europanians swimming around out there, around the moon of Jupiter, on the moon of Jupiter? And the other thing, Chuck, don't want the Earth to get hit with an asteroid. You know that I got a feeling that That's that might yeah, that might that might that might raise our insurance premiums. Yeah. So it's like it's control alt delete for civilization. <laughs> exactly. You don't want that. Just this thing in Chelyabinsk a couple years ago, three years ago. Relatively small rock. Thousand people go to the hospital. Right. Uh, windows shattered windows everywhere. Shattered. Sonic Crazy. booms. The whole deal. The whole thing. Yeah. Well, that's Take very cool. Chuck. All right. Well, let's Thank you get for into... the promo. I'm glad you like the pin. I'll I set do. You up, I know a guy. See, yeah, I... <laughs> freaking oh. Okay. I'm gonna take you up on that. All right. Let's get into our cosmic queries. Uh, let's go with uh, David uh, Zuniga. David Zuniga. Zuniga. Uh, he is a PhD, and he is at. Dr. David, Dr. David Z. We're promoting David. We're promoting David. He's a, because he's promoting himself. This is he's smart enough to actually write down okay, <laughs> all this good stuff. Read it. You didn't even you know. But go ahead. There take, you go. He says, from a perspective of, um, from your perspective, what are the problems that faces the U.S. the most pressing, and what should we do about it? Well, the most pressing problem for any country, any Anybody is climate change, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. 
and ignore the longer we ignore it, there's two problems. First of all, the climate will change faster and faster. Mm-hmm. The second thing is our competitors. You know, I'm you. I believe are also native USian. I am. Our competitors in other countries will produce better, cheaper solar panels, better, cheaper wind turbines, wow. better, cheaper electrical distribution, mm-hmm. and we will have to be buying. The U.S. have to be buying these commodities from other. So interesting you say overseas. that. So interesting you say that. I just read a uh, thing in Financial Times about the fact that um, See, Chuck reads Financial Times. <laughs> You're a nerd, man. I, you know, I don't want to promote that, Bill. Let's let's keep that on the DL. You're a hipster. <laughs> so anyway, what happened? Gonna believe was, that either. <laughs> you were reading no, yeah. especially so anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, great article on FT about um, the fact that um, China is trying to corner the market uh, when it solar comes to panels. solar panels. And and we are we are we were ahead, and because of how our government has basically treated, we they've suppressed our um, uh, attempts to continue to be the leader in this area. China has in that void stepped in, and now they are not only surpassing us, but they are about to make it so that we're not going to be able to catch up. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know. Uh the U.S. has been behind before. That's true. But <clears throat> the opportunities are huge. And so if you're out there, you want to make solar panels, get on it. I am the first to confess or point out, I did a bit for a company that was going to have this new manufacturing technique using, instead of a saw mm-hmm. to cut silicon, okay. we're going to use protons. Wow. And put them, you know, you put your silicon in your particle accelerator atom smasher that you have. Okay, yeah. And they go to, it's very apparently, it, for people who are into it, you can control the depth that the protons penetrate. Okay. And you give it an electric charge and poink, you get this perfect thin slice of silicon without any sawdust. Wow. But that company, in my estimate, and we'll see what happens, was when I recorded this thing, didn't have enough money, undercapitalized. Right. And so maybe it'll come around. It's a cool idea. That is a cool idea. Anyway, here's, I mentioned it. Because it's just one idea. Mm-hmm. If we were encouraging uh, innovation in solar panels, we would be innovating in solar panels. Right. If we're giving tax breaks to fossil fuel industry and, and, and deregulating that industry so that they can impact other people's environments recklessly or aggressively... And we're that's what we're going to be doing in the wrong way. So let's get way. to work, peoples. There you let's go. Be optimistic. All right. Let's go uh, now to uh, Chris Marcello or Marcello, if you so. Will. Chris Marcello. Chris Marcello from Facebook wants to know this. Facebook. At this time. I'm sorry. That was. <laughs> I apologize. It's just irresistible when you. I apologize. Science guy uh, ends career with off man. <laughs> okay. Take it. At this time, should we? <clears throat> As a world, treat science as anything but a global pursuit. Should we abandon the competitive nature of science discovery? Or have we reached that point where science should be pursued with as much collaboration as possible? Uh, is, there, uh, is there cooperation among scientists worldwide to the point where they have eliminated the competitive aspect? Oh, science are, scientists are so competitive. <laughs> yeah. And BT dubs, there's an old, there's an adage, where the money is small, the politics are big. 
Woo! A lot of scientists. Now, you might associate scientists with inventors who invent something that makes somebody rich because not only are they inventors with some insight into material science or electricity or software, but they're also extraordinary business people. Mm-hmm. But actually, most scientists are academics. Some of them drive, you know, Honda Civics. Mm-hmm. And so they're very competitive. And that's good. That's good. Yeah. But in the case, like, uh, Neil's not here. Do you remember Neil deGrasse Tyson? I don't think I've heard of him. Yeah, well, there's pictures on the web. Anyway, he is an astrophysicist. He may have mentioned that seven or eight times a paragraph. (laughs) And in astronomy especially, people cooperate worldwide because when you're looking at the heavens from a spinning platform to wit the Earth, only a third of the Earth is practically in looking at the sky at any one time, and right. so the, these guys and gals really do cooperate. Yeah, well, you need the you need the help of the other person. It's, it's actually an, an additional set of eyes. That's exactly what it is. Right. And you know, would, space exploration would not really be possible without Canberra in Australia. Wow! And I mention it because Australia just started its own space program. Way to go! Oi! Right there, September, October. Way to go, Australia. There you go. All right. Hey, great question there, Chris. So let's move on and have uh, Don Violetto. Wow, look at that. Two uh, very... Your, your, your accent's compelling. Well, yeah. Well, actually. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Don Violetto says this. What effects will the dismantling of the EPA have on this country and our globe as well as future research and, I like that she threw this in here, education yes what, what a what a what a wonderful uh inquiry about education and i don't know where that uh You've choked that, him up yeah i like it but go ahead He's choked up yeah so uh the epa you might think it's being dismantled it's just being run by or somebody's been put in charge who doesn't much care about it mm-hmm. but i think the environmental protection professionals the bureaucrats people who've been there they're just going to be there right and they're all just looking at their watch. We'll be here after you're gone, sir. Carry on, Mr. Pruitt. It's like agents in my business. That's right, yeah. As they say, uh, talent comes and goes, but agents are forever. <laughs> so I think the bureaucrats know what's up, and they're doing their jobs despite their leader. The problem is going to be that all the environmental damage that's done over the next few years because of this upheaval at the agency mm-hmm. is going to have to be undone. Right. And it will be because... People will realize the great value of the environment, and they won't put up with it. So uh, I predict, and it's not extraordinary, that the, the days of the anti-environmental movement within the Environmental Protection Agency are numbered. All right. They, this is not sustainable. Yes. Um, you know, by the way, yeah. EPA was set up by Richard Nixon. Nixon. For crying out loud, everybody. You yeah. know, the word conservative used to have to do with conservation. Peoples. Peoples. Come on. We'll reverse this. You'll see. Lead on, Chuck. So let me, before we go on, let me just ask you this. Do you think that uh, as we see a, I will say, um, a depression of activity at the EPA, 
uh, along with a burgeoning economy, which although we've been in it for many, many years, uh, you know, it can't continue forever. Uh, that what will happen is as we enter into some type of recessive um, uh, contraction in the economy, uh, a, a correction, a correction as they say, as the they, as they say it. They, won't, they don't talk plainly. Yeah, they don't. Okay. I mean, stocks are going to be worth less. No, no, it's a correction. <laughs> correction. So as we see this uh, kind of correction um, uh, or economic uh, downturn. We will also probably be at a place where maybe we're not in this this type of administration and we'll have to reinstitute um, the proper regulations. And then you'll have people blaming those regulations for the economic downturn. Uh, as we say at this point, you may be right. <laughs> but keep in mind, the economy is expanding and the stock market especially is doing well. But the disparity between rich people and poor people is growing. Right. And that, I also claim, is not sustainable. I don't think that's an extraordinary economic point of view. Okay. Just as you concentrate more wealth with wealthy people and less with uh, middle class and poor people, you're just not, the tax base is not sustainable and public works will, this, everybody loves the word infrastructure, will not be maintained. And that this is obvious to everybody is interesting. Hmm. Uh, so we'll see what happens in the coming years. But I think the pendulum is going to swing back hard. All right. In the U.S. Well, nah, giving us hope. Well, you got to be optimistic. But, uh, you know, you guys, I'm not the world's foremost authority on economics. But banking, I guess literally, on f uh, extraordinary growth in the economy to pay off the debts you're accumulating now sounds cool, but I don't think it's going to work. You know, I'm of an age where it didn't work in the 1980s, exactly. this notion that you could just cut and cut and cut. All right. So we'll see what happens. And along that line, if you degrade the environment, everything is worth less. So the, uh, this value that you think you're creating isn't there. If an oil company can't extract oil, it's not worth anything. You know, it's, you it's uh, assets are underground, literally. Lead on. All right. Kafka-esque me from Instagram. <laughs> That's the name. It's creepy. Kafka it's creepy, Kafka-esque Kafka me. If you haven't read Kafka and, and you're feeling great, read Kafka and you won't. <laughs> Take a chuck. Here we go. The paraphrase. Uh, which, uh, uh, if, if humans never existed, speaking of Kafka-esque, <laughs> if humans never existed, would there still be... Climate change. Yeah, this is what we talk about all the time. Climate changes naturally, but humans are causing it to change much faster than it would otherwise. Okay. And our guest, uh, Kate Har uh, Marvel, pointed out that humans are changing the climate more than 100% faster than it would have happened normally because solar activity, the sun, is not as hot and bright as it is sometimes because it has its own cycles. It has storms and weather, as it's called. And so the sun's actually cooling us off a little bit, but humans are warming the world up so fast that we're outstripping the sun's effect. Look at that. More than 100%. Wow. If you like to worry about things, Chuck, you're living at a great time. <laughs> Fantastic time. Human beings doing more than the sun. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's basically what we're holding in all this heat with all this carbon oxide and stuff. Okay. Uh, this is Brad because we're almost out of time, right? So here we're we go. Almost out of time for, for, the for first this first segment. segment. But uh, I like uh, Brad Crotz. Uh, Any more to come? Yeah, Brad wants to know this. Why is it that the scientific community stays out of politics? 
And I'll add to that, especially when you guys know more than the politicians. Well, okay. I don't stay out of politics. Okay. Because uh, I'm involved in the politics of space exploration. And the reason I am in the vo- politics of space exploration, it brings people together. Okay. Politicians that would otherwise not get along about anything can agree that space is good. And if you're in the United States, NASA is the best brand the United States has. This is Star Talk Cosmic Queries Edition with Chuck Nice. I'm your guest host, Bill Nye. We'll be back right after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more... FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. PXG.com slash StarTalk, code StarTalk. Greetings, Star Talk. Star Talk. Star Talk. Star Talk. Star Talk. Star Talk. 
Greetings, greetings, greetings. Bill Nye here. I'm your guest host of this edition of Cosmic Queries on Star Talk, along with everybody's favorite, Chuck Nice. Ah, uh, thank you, Bill. Uh, Chuck, you have a stack of uh, questions there, stored outside of your body on I this do. plant-based medium, <laughs> and uh, you will uh, you you have a good one. You said I do. I re- three-parter. I have a three-parter for you, and this is from Anthony Fisher. And Anthony comes to us from Facebook and would like to know this. Hey, Bill, if you could ask any extraterrestrial intelligence just three questions. Three questions. Three questions. uh, What would those three questions be? What's the significance of water on your world? Ooh. Uh, uh, What do you have a situation? uh, What do you use for your standards? Oh. Like your your meters and your kilograms. Standards and your, of, and what your, is your standards your of measurements? Huh. And then, um, I guess, what's your favorite color? <laughs> you got me. You got me well, on that one. From a scientific standpoint, what if they look in the infrared? Right. Exactly. What if they, 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 their favorite color is some extraordinary thing that we, you know, it's some ultra x-ray some deal. They live near some pulsar, and they're irradiated with, illuminated with X-rays all, yeah. all or every uh, or thirty times a second. I'm interested in your standards of measurement and uh, question. Is that because you are an engineer? I guess it's also because Dr. Tyson and I disagree on this. Really? Uh, and it's, wait. First of all, let me just say I am shocked that you and Dr. Tyson would disagree on anything. <laughs> <laughs> so he. Embraces Fahrenheit. Okay. Nobody else does. Nobody else does. Furthermore, I claim, and he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> part of what threw him off, pun intended, with the Deflate Gate, okay. was his unfamiliarity with degrees Rankin. Okay. Now Since I'm going asked. to have to. Uh, I mean, this, I'm to acknowledge this, my own ignorance. Yeah, degrees well, Rankin. Yeah. So. In other words, my answers to the extraterrestrials, which were not thought through, I was under pressure here on yeah. Star Talk. I went with something that I thought would be a topic of controversy here on the Talking <laughs> of Stars. So, uh, when you make an air conditioner or refrigerator mm-hmm. and you want it to work, you have to do all of your calculations in absolute temperature scales. Okay. So, are you familiar with this idea of absolute zero? Absolute zero. I, uh, I think it's a, is it minus two hundred seventy-three degrees uh, Kelvin, or is uh, it well, zero so degrees Kelvin and minus two hundred seventy-three degrees? Hit you, you, here. It is. So, let's start with absolute zero is where there's no molecular motion. Okay, and it is nominally a theoretical place because right. anything you have in the box is going to be connected to the world. The, the, in your, the freezer is going to be sitting on a table, which is on the earth. So in a sense, <clears throat> there's no way to get to absolute zero, absolute but zero. what these people love to do and who wouldn't, you get an atom in a vacuum mm-hmm. and you it with a laser, except right. in a vacuum, there's no sound. <laughs> it stops for a moment and then you un- try to understand its properties at absolute zero. All right. <clears throat> so in the Fahrenheit scale... Absolute zero is minus 460. Mm-hmm. All right. So there was a Scottish engineer, and to honor him, we have the Rankin scale. And so degrees Rankin. And if you live in the U.S., Israel, Australia, most of your air conditioners are going to be run in degrees Rankin. 
but that's changing. We're going to Celsius now. And you mentioned minus 273.1 degrees Celsius. That is the other expression for that is zero kelvins. Zero kelvins, right. So it is not degrees Kelvin. A ah, Kelvin a is Kelvin a unit. Is a unit. You don't believe me? Right, okay. Go to the hardware store. Look at the little package for your light bulb. It says 2700K. Right. That K are Kelvins. Kelvin, right. Yeah. Same thing on my camera. The, there you go. Yeah, when you yeah. cut, when you, the color temperature K. is 5600K is daylight. So this is, there's a fabulous thing in physics described in English as a black body. Have you ever heard this? And it's not about no, our It's not our about, it's not, ancestry. A, it's not about this beautiful machine that I live in. <laughs> so <laughs> so a, a black body is a theoretical thing that right. either, if it's colder than its surroundings, absorbs 100% of the heat that, that strikes it, that strikes it. Right. Or if it's hotter than its surroundings, Vibrates. radiates, well, radiates all that energy. Right. So you've seen the fireplace poker? Yes. Orange hot. Right. That's 1,700 Kelvins. The yellowish light bulbs, 2,700 Kelvins. Right. The uh, white hot fireplace poker or lightning, you're getting into your 5,700s, your 9,000 Kelvins. Right. And so uh, it's a cool idea or hot idea. Ah, see what you did there. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> anyway, it's a fascinating thing what we choose for standards. And so the, the meter, which was the start of the whole thing, was intended to be a 10 millionth of the distance from the North Pole to the equator if measured through Paris. Okay. Uh, and uh, that was pretty close. But now we use a certain number of wavelengths of the light emitted by krypton gas when zapped. What? Cool, yeah. That is really cool. So these lights that are here, some of them are fluorescent. Some of them, and yes. They work with mercury vapor. You jolt the mercury vapor with a few hundred volts of electricity. Volt is also a metric unit. Mm -hmm. So are amps, so are watts, everybody. You jolt the uh, mercury vapor. It gives off a black lightish ultraviolet thing. It hits paint inside the tube, and the paint glows in the visible. There you go. Man, that is... Wow, look at that. All of that from oh, God. standard Science measurements. Science is the coolest thing ever. Really is. I, I was it. under pressure talking to the aliens. I'm glad, Sines, though. Cosines, cosines. Oh, you a, know, math stuff. What a, how about, <laughs> how about uh, Laplace transforms <laughs> things? Well, what a great, great answer. All right, let's move on. This is uh, Lines by Lund wants to know. So creative are the, these, the sobriquets, yeah. the nicknames. Yeah, the nicknames are great. In, in plural in French, I guess it's sobriquet. Without Li- Lines by Lund wants to know this. word after it. Yes. Should New Year's be on the 21st of December <laughs> when the distance to the sun is the greatest? Uh That changes because of the wobble of the Earth's orbit. Now, so, you guys, what happened is, the thing of it was, uh, they had this great idea to have 360 days a year. Okay. Babylonians. Right. Divide 360 by 60 Mm -hmm. and 6. And they loved the 60. (laughs) Divided by 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10, 15, 20. Babylonians thought this was hey, This is a great number. This we still season. have 60 seconds in a minute and yeah. 60 minutes in an hour. It's, we still have this. But if you do 360 days a year, there aren't, there aren't enough days. Right. And in the tropics, my understanding is you don't notice it right away. You can go through a, 
a whole generation without quite noticing that, you know, it's not as hot or cold as it was. Right. But so they would just have a big party for five days. And the, and the Romans had Saturnalia. Saturnalia. Yep. And uh, then the Christians reconfigured the birthday of Jesus so that it happened at the same time to get everybody on board with yeah. this. Hey, listen, no better way to uh, uh, popularize your religion than attaching it to a five-day party. Yes. <laughs> and then the pagans uh, got this thing where, is, the, is winter ever going to be over? I'm going to bring evergreens in my house. Right. And that's why we have these traditional Isaac Newton's birthday trees. <laughs> During the Isaac During Newton the Isaac birthday, birthday day. Yes. Right. So one of my favorite things, and I got into a little thing with our beloved Neil about this many years ago, is the Catholic Church likes to tell everybody, and quite reasonably, that Isaac Newton was born on the 4th of January, 1643. Okay. But his mom thought it was the 25th of December, 1642, because they weren't reckoning calendars the same way. Okay. And to this day, pun intended, we rely on the Gregorian calendar after Pope Gregory the Thirteenth, who, now, did I get this right? 1572, it's 1582, declared that October 5th shall be followed by October 15th. Threw away 10 days to adjust the calendar. Wow. As they could tell, you know, the, yeah, my dad told me to... Uh, Plant the crops when the sun's past that hill over there. But, you know, the sun's way past the hill, and I've, it's got to be time to plant the crops. Right. <clears throat> so this 10-day thing, if you're a landlord, this is great. You owe me another month's rent. If you're a tenant, I do not owe you another month's rent. That's funny. So they literally had wars about it, and it wasn't until 1756, I believe, that the British uh, government decided to get on board with the Gregorian calendar. So, you guys, th this is the coolest innovation. Understand, appreciate the insight of our ancestors who, who came up with the following rule. Chuck. Go ahead. We were around for 2016. We were. Was it a leap year? It's not a trick question. Uh, no, right? Yes, it was. No. Oh, uh, no, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. 2012. 2008. Right. 2004. Right. 2000. Leap years, right. one and all. What about 1900? That's uh, your question. No. no so okay. the Gregorian calendarians decided that if the century is not evenly divisible by the number 400, oh, it shall not, it shall be, not a be a leap year. So that you would not be adding too much time as the julian calendar is doing still does if you subscribe to julian calendration right. horology if i may study of time so uh, so it's just this amazing insight they did it without spacecraft right. they did it without flat earthers on the internet they figured it out with this extraordinary precision by studying the night sky. You've got to respect that. That's very, very You've got to respect that. So if you add a leap day all the time, you add a 11 minutes too much. And after a few centuries, you get a lot of 11 that's minutes. A lot of, that's a lot of time over a little. 11 minutes over. plus some change. Yeah. End up having on. to throw away some time again. Which is, uh, right. okay. So I'm all for, hey, I'm all for having a big party at the end of the year and starting the party on the 21st to this guy's, I think it's great.
All right. Let's go. Here we go. We'll have nine days of craziness. Cool. Let's go to Jim Fitz. Jim Fitz on Instagram would like to know this. Why do I feel closer to the universe now that I've done acid several times in my life? Okay, so let me say. <laughs> oh, by the way, everybody, you should, of course, when you're not listening to this podcast and enjoying the video, you should be watching Bill Nye Saves the World on Netflix. Yes, I know. So on one of the shows, we had a guy who subscribes to prescribing uh, lysergic acid. Is that how we said it? LSD. LSD. Yeah. And uh, due respect, you may feel close to the universe, but my interaction with this guy, I just think he has brain damage. <laughs> I'm not joking. I just think there, and I bet it's genetic. This is like alcohol. I bet there's some people <laughs> that can tolerate LSD without any changes. Right. And there's other people that can't. Like some people can tolerate alcohol and it's something you inherit and right. some people can't. Right, yeah. Some people are addicted to alcohol for the moment from their first drink. Yeah. They just and don't know it yet. And so on and so right. on. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a huge genetic component. But if you feel closer to the universe and you're able to function, I guess it's a pun, uh, knock yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> But I would be Trey's careful A's. I'd be very careful with that stuff. I don't think you're really closer to the universe. I think your mind has changed. Your brain has changed enough or your perception's changed enough. There you go. Listen to old man Bill. All right. So, dude. Uh, uh, the kids the, today. The answer to your question is, you're high, dude. Well, you might. <laughs> it's called a flashback, okay? Well, I knew somebody that lost eyesight in a part of her eye. Really? From, from, from tripping acid? She says she has a spot. It's very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Don't... She looked at a bright light when she was high. I mean, a too bright a light and damaged her eye. Beware. Beware, kids. That's all. Okay? Just beware. Jim Beam from 17. Jim, Jim, Beam. Jim Beam 17, speaking of, <laughs> says, uh, can you please talk about NASA and science funding being redirected to outer space? What happens to the satellites providing data about Earth, do they continue to get the same funding? What goes so this is what we do at the Planetary yes, Society, Jack Daniels. What's his name? Jim, Jim Beam. Beam. <laughs> yes, um, that's what we do at the Planetary Society, is advocate for supporting the exploration of the planets in the solar system and the Earth. The Earth is a planet. So uh, there's controversy about certain people being nominated to be the administrator of NASA, and there's been a proposal to move NASA's Earth science budget to NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. But NASA generally lets the contracts that build the Earth-studying satellites. So unless the money goes to NOAA, you don't want to do that. You want to, the quo is status enough, if I may interpunify. So we fight for this. Space exploration is an extraordinary investment, whether exploring uh, farther and deeper in space or we're exploring our own world. Space exploration brings out the best in us. We don't want to cut the NASA budget. It's the best brand, the best, most recognizable logo at anybody in the world. So let's, let's fund this. Consider planetary.org. Check us out. We advocate for you. Washington's a small town based on relationships, and that's what we do is establish relationships in order to imbue in Congress people and their staffers the passion, beauty, and joy the PB&J 
of the cosmos. Nice. So with that said, you're listening to Star Talk Cosmic Queries. Chuck Nice and I will be back right after this. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash StarTalk. Visit IXL.com slash StarTalk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I live by routines, especially my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. Because when Sunday rolls around, I'm not scared. I got my shopper on the way with all my favorites. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com. Greetings, greetings, Star Talk listeners. Bill Nye here. I'm your guest host this week on Cosmic Queries, and I'm joined with the Cosmic Inquirer himself, <laughs> Chuck Nice. That's right, Bill. We have Bill. a stack of plant based information storage media. Yes, we do. Papers. Paper. With your questions on them, and they are really, I got to say, Chuck, the questions are generally pretty great. Yeah, they are. I'm really digging them. You don't have to sound surprised. These are Star Talk listeners. <laughs> this is true. These are your fans, These man. Are, we of have, course, they We have a better questions. quality of listener. That is for we sure. We have the best. Best. Yes. So, uh, are we under some obligation to take a patron? You know what? Uh... I forgot to take our Patreon. Is our, that a tequila our Patreon. Brand? Patreon. Our, yeah, it's not the Patreon. You know what? So let's uh, let's do our Patreon question for Yes, just go for it. Yeah, from Ben Ratner at Ben Makes TV. He wants ben to know this. TV. At Ben Makes TV wants to know this. Can we terraform NYC? I'm currently cold and I would like to not be cold. Here, NYC is New York City. Can yes. we terraform Can it? Can we terraform it? This is in the range of an ironic 
charming question, not really <laughs> intended to pr- provoke a reasonable answer. No, exactly. But we do kind of terraform NYC. You go on the tr- subway train, it's warm. That's right. That's where you, uh, you go into buildings, <coughs> it's warm. Chuck, <coughs> Chuck is... I'm sorry. Chuck's going to take a sip from his official size and weight Star Talk mug. <coughs> okay. I hope we don't cut any of that out. Oh, you really think you're back? <coughs> I'm going to press on. And Chuck, you can tell us all, now that you've tried New York City water, you feel you can't live without it. I got to tell you, that's good water. It's good water. I wonder if it's raw water. No, you don't want raw water, people. Yeah. What's raw your feelings on the raw water, Bill? Okay. Look. Seriously. Seriously? Okay. Let's take, for example, Louis Pasteur. Okay. It's 300 years ago, 250 years ago. He figured it out with a microscope. But uh, believe me, Og and Aguette there in what is now France in their cave dwelling. <laughs> People in what is now Congo or Zimbabwe, they knew what that you don't want to drink water with bacteria in it. That's right. They conducted that test repeatedly. They're all over that. So raw water with water with bacteria in it mm-hmm. is just not probably not good for you. Wow. All right. This is a Craig F100, and Craig wants to know this. Um, other than our own universe, could it be possible to contain a black hole? Can black holes contain enough matter to have any density? What was the universe part? Uh, that uh, He said, other than our own universe, I guess being the universe itself, within outside, that you have black universe. You have black, black holes. holes in the universe. But that notwithstanding, There's a lot is of there mass another way to contain hole. a black, a black hole, hole? is a star so massive. How massive is it? It's so massive that not even light can escape. Oh. Super massive. I think it. Yeah. I think you may uh, have interchanged some big ideas there. And <clears throat> if there's another universe, okay. that would be cool. Can we get there by falling into a black hole or this mythic other idea, a wormhole, which would be another modification of space-time, right. so-called warping. But as um, Lisa Randall, the astrophysicist, remarked, uh, having multiple universes is the most satisfying worldview or cosmic view. Yeah. Not only are we not alone in the universe, because there might be some extraterrestrials, but wait, we're not alone because we're not even the only universe. There you go. Wow, that makes you feel good. All right, there you go, buddy. Um, Let's move on to Jason Edwards from Facebook, who says this. Asking for my daughter's eighth grade class, how will we make water in either a spacecraft or a planet since it will be hard to take with us when we go to wherever it is that we're going? So on Mars, by way of example, there is a lot of water under the sand. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. If you could get to it. Then it's been proposed that you use a jacket of water, a, a, a shell Mm-hmm. of liquid water to protect astronauts from radiation. And then when you get to Mars, you'd have a you'd have water, a bunch of water. You drink the shell that protected you. And this idea of recycling urine okay. on a spacecraft is a fine one. That's a good idea. They didn't need, we didn't need to use it on the space shuttle because it was only up there for a little while. But so you recycle it and you, with this for you, years. You filter it then, I would assume. Yeah, and you want, it, you want to filter it and then shooting from the hip, you might just distill it. Okay. Right. All right. Uh, but 
uh, distillation takes a lot of energy. And so this is a problem that space, uh, space utility workers have been addressing for 50 years. So if you're out there, get on it. I mean, the go. problem is sort of solved, but you want to solve it in an efficient and very, very reliable way and not throw water away once you're on a spacecraft. I don't always drink my urine on a spacecraft, but when I do, I make sure it's distilled. Stay healthy, my friends. <clears throat> okay. I love that guy. <laughs> he isn't he the best. <laughs> well, it's good. My favorite joke was for the most uh, interesting man. Yeah. Sharks have a week for him. <laughs> that was a really good that's joke. I didn't write it. I thought I wish. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's move on with Rocket Labs. Uh, wants to know this: When are people going to really start seeing the impacts of global warming? They're affecting right now, everybody. Okay. You. Can, it's very, very difficult to connect any one weather event with climate change. However, what is happening now? Fires in California, wet winter, all this vegetation grows, extraordinarily dry summer, lightning strikes, and you got fires that go like crazy because uh, it's dried out and there was all this low shrubbery vegetation that grew in the wet season of the previous year. Then another rainstorm comes and there's not enough vegetation to hold the hillsides. You know, I live out there some of the time. And these are not solid rocks. The whole Every big hill is just a big sponge, and it fills with water. And then days later, it goes sliding down the hill. It soaks, 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 heavy, 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 and then it breaks loose. Okay. So that's what you'd expect. Furthermore, uh, there have been more days above average temperature last year than below. This is to say you can measure that the world's getting warmer. And the other place where you really notice it is Miami, Miami Beach, where the tides are coming in higher because the ocean is getting a little bigger. And it's getting bigger because it's getting just a little bit warmer. And the more pests show up on our farm sooner and stick around later because it's a little warmer. Yeah. We're already feeling the effects of climate change. All right. Well, there you have All it. All right. Yeah. Look at that. Way to go, climate change. <laughs> Winning the battle. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, this is at Skull and Crossbones from Twitter, uh, better known as Caleb, uh, says this. <clears throat> is it possible? Probably. Okay. There you go. Right. And there's your answer, Caleb. <laughs> All right. Moving on. No. Is it possible that the universe has collapsed on itself in the past and there have been multiple big bangs? If so, could the remnants thereof explain dark matter? Uh, thanks. From West by God, Virginia. Uh, maybe. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so right now, the universe seems to be uh, accelerating in its expansion. So if this universe is, not seems to be, is accelerating in its expansion. Mm -hmm. So if our universe is accelerating in its expansion, why would a previous universe or manifestation of this space-time have not accelerated? And there may be a very good reason. And uh, right now we subsume this unknown idea, uh, these unknown ideas with dark energy and dark matter. These are unknown things. And Dr. Tyson likes to refer to it as Fred. <laughs> Why not Steve or Hank or Al yeah, or Mary? And so uh, there's something pushing everything apart. We don't have an especially good understanding of it yet. Mm -hmm. But I think back. 
<laughs> when my grandfather was uh, working, uh, coming of age, there, nobody knew anything about relativity. Right. But relativity still existed. Still there. Yeah. And so just think what will happen 100 years hence. People will very reasonably understand dark matter or strings, the strings of vacuum mm-hmm. uh, energy that uh, stretched out over kilometers hidden from us and our dark energy. The, you know, the reason... We believe there's dark matters. We observe these stars, which see, which are held together a little bit, and the the thing that we know of that holds them together is gravity. Right. So we presume there's some mass. Okay. So stay tuned. This summer, last summer, humankind detected gravitational waves predicted by the theory of relativity. We found them using our intellect and treasure. We built these two huge observatories, and we're building a couple more, four kilometers on a side. Cool. Super cool. Cool. Crazy cool. All right. All right, Caleb. Ahead. Good, good stuff. Good stuff, brother. All right. Here we go. Um, very interesting question here from I've Always They're Been Your Sancho. <laughs> I've always been your Sancho. I've Don't always know. been your Sancho. That's right, what he says. Uh, that's <clears throat> your... I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Would it one day be possible for humans to photosynthesize light for sustainable energy the same way plants do? So uh, I guess he's looking at world hunger. Could there be some type of apparatus that we could apply to our skin? We kind of photosynthesize vitamin D right now. When you say, uh, yeah, I guess. But when you say photosynthesis, we in science education think of green plants. Right. <clears throat> so you want to have green skin like a Vulcan and so then absorb sunlight and metabolize it? I don't know. An I... interesting irony for you irony buffs. Okay. In a sense, green light is the most common frequency of light brought to us from the sun, by the sun. The green light? Yes. So why is that do... why everything is green on Earth? <laughs> well, why do plants reflect it? Why wouldn't they absorb the most plentiful wavelength? Do, 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 do. And the best idea anybody has is that evolution, processes of of molecules making replicas of themselves, stumbled on this chlorophyll compound that works. Okay. And here we are. you go. In evolution, you only have to be good enough. That's it. That's all you got to be. You don't have to be a guy who can do more sit-ups. Yeah. You just have to be able to do enough sit-ups. Just do one more than the other guy. (laughs) So it's it's a cool question, but instead, I think what you'll find in a more practical sense is our crops will become increasingly efficient. Ah. This is to say uh, we plant crops on industrial scales, uh, plants and crops, much closer together than we did 50 or 100 years ago. We now engineer the genes of crops so that we can use less pesticide or less herbicide or different herbicides and different pesticides. Right. And we are going to feed more people, 9 billion people, on less arable land, less farmland, because uh, cities are expanding into farmland and the ocean is encroaching. on co- Like Delaware is a big farmland shoreline. Right. And it's, things are going to change there. Uh-huh. Ha, 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 ha. And so uh, we will, in the biggest picture of your question, Sanchez, we will use technology and agricultural innovation to use photosynthesis to feed us. We eat plants, or we eat things that eat plants, or we eat things that ate things that ate plants. We are at the top of the pyramid, and the plants are at the bottom. If you live in some exotic place, St. Louis or Paragon, Indiana, Mm-hmm. In the winter time, a third of the oxygen you breathe comes from the ocean. Wow! In the summer, it's half. 
It's an old. That's those numbers were old. That may have changed, but that's there. It's it's a huge fraction of the oxygen you breathe is made at sea by phytoplankton. Right. How cool is that? It's cool. <laughs> use we're gonna you humans are gonna use photosynthesis. Very cool. Well, there you have it. That's uh, that's your answer. I am always. Or well, by the I've way, look at a Sancho. tree. It's big. It doesn't run around. No. We take all that energy and concentrate it. That's why there are people who eat meat. You've probably met them. <laughs> and uh, they do it because that protein, all that energy is concentrated in such a small volume and mass. It's, it's fascinating. So, Chuck. Yes, Bill. Uh, this is a fabulous episode of Cosmic Queries. Certainly was. I want to assure you that there's more to come uh, on a next episode of Cosmic Queries. But for now, this has been Chuck Nice, and I've been your guest host, Bill Nye. And we encourage you to keep looking up and listening to Star Talk. I live by routines, especially my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. Because when Sunday rolls around, I'm not scared. I got my shopper on the way with all my favorites. Shipped, delight in every delivery. Learn more at Shipped.com. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.